0: Myers and Mosley have already carried out part of their plan. They have murdered Justin Back. Now they gotta find the safe and carry out the rest of their plan. I'm Bill Swafford and this is Murderers in Ohio. This is part two of Austin Myers and Timothy Mosley. In part one, I talked about how Myers and Mosley had come up with a plan to rob and murder Justin Back. At the end of part one, Myers and Mosley savagely murdered Justin back. Now in part two, I will talk about what happened after Justin's death. After Justin was dead, Myers and Mosley searched the house for the safe. They had found the safe in a closet in the master bedroom. There was a problem, though. The safe was locked. While they were searching for the safe, Myers had found a 9mm handgun and some ammo. Myers loaded the gun. Myers and Mosley had gone back to the kitchen to clean up the crime scene. They used ammonia and rugs to clean up the blood. They also used some towels that they could find. Myers and Mosley wrapped up Justin's body in a blanket and then took Justin's body outside to Mosley's car. They put Justin's body into the trunk of the car. Then Myers and Mosley had gone back inside of the house. They went through the house to grab the safe, jewelry, and some credit cards. They put some of Justin's clothes and some of his belongings into a bag and a laundry basket. They also put the bloody rags and rugs into a bag. They took everything out to Mosley's car and left the house before 2 p.m. One thing I learned while reading the court appeal document on Meyer's behalf, there was something that stood out about Mosley's car. The Grey Cavalier didn't have a back window. The back window was replaced with a piece of plastic. Things didn't go as they had planned, but they kept their composure. They was going to get that $20,000 that was inside that safe, no matter what. None of this shows good judgment. Okay, so you want to rob a house. Punishment for robbing a house is far less than murder. This makes me ask myself, Was there more motive behind all this than just the safe and the $20,000 that might have been inside? Someone who wants to break into a house and rob it usually wants no one to be home. So why didn't Myers and Mosley wait until no one was home? Myers and Mosley drove from Waynesville to Clayton, Ohio. At some point, Mosley was getting paranoid and started thinking that they were being followed. They stayed on back roads that didn't have much traffic. Mosley found a remote spot and stopped the car. Mosley got out of the car to look the car over. Mosley wanted to make sure there wasn't any blood on the car. That would be a scary ride. Most people would get paranoid over little things. Most people would never take a 45-minute drive with a body in the trunk of a car. While they were stopped at that remote spot, Myers and Mosley searched the belongings of Justin's that they had taken from the house. They found Justin's wallet and there was about a hundred dollars inside of the wallet, which they took. Myers and Mosley had made it to Mosley's house in Clayton, Ohio. Myers had gone inside the house and went into the bathroom. Myers washed the blood off his arms. While Myers was inside of the bathroom, Mosley was bringing things inside of the house. They both carried the safe upstairs to Mosley's bedroom. After they were done with all that, Myers and Mosley both changed their clothes. They still had Justin's body in the trunk of the car. The next step was to dispose of the body. Getting rid of a body is no easy task. I'm surprised they didn't get rid of the body before they went back to Clayton. Mosley said that he knew of an area that they could dispose of Justin's body. Mosley knew a little town called West Alexandria, Ohio. That got my attention. I know that area. West Alexandria is about thirty-minute drive from Clayton. Myers and Mosley found a spot on Fudge Road, which is south of West Alexandria, just north of the village of Gratis in Preble County. A little-known fact about Fudge Road in Preble County: Fudge Road has always had rumors about it. It is said that Crybaby Bridge is on this road. I believe every state has some kind of haunted tale about a crybaby bridge. But that's not all. They say there's a lady who lives on the road, and she owns much of the land. If she sees you on the road, she will chase after you. Sounds a little far out there, doesn't it? But that's not all there is to Fudge Road. There is a house on this road that people say was custom made for a family of little people. Smaller doorways and windows and all that good stuff. Somehow this family dies and the house stays abandoned. This is a real house. I have seen it. Now there has been a fence put around this house. This is where people say that the witch raises demon hogs for her satanic witch coven sacrifices. I know this all sounds crazy But I bring this up because in 2012, the bridge was shut down and never rebuilt. You cannot get to one side of the Fudge Road to another. I know this, I've seen the bridge. The road itself was shut down to traffic sometime after that. Some say because of the attention that the bridge got. And the witch didn't want all that attention. I wish I knew what road they had taken to get to Fudge Road, because then I would know what side of the bridge they were on. Fudge Road is not a very long road. When the body was found, the location wasn't given out to public. Somewhere on Fudge Road, they spotted a log out in a field. Mosley drove his car into the field and stopped 20 feet from the log. There was snow on the ground. Myers and Mosley gets Justin's body from the trunk of the car. They laid the body behind the log. The body was still partially wrapped in a blanket. Myers poured ammonia and septic enzymes over the body. He did this thinking that it would eat away some of the evidence that would be on the body. The body was still clothed and partially wrapped in a blanket. The ammonia and septic enzymes didn't work like Myers had hoped. Myers, for some reason, still hadn't had enough. Myers wanted to shoot the body of Justin back. Mosley had gone to the car and got the gun. Mosley gave the gun to Myers. Myers fired two rounds into the lifeless body of Justin. Myers had tried to fire a third shot, but the gun jammed. Myers cleared the jam, and the unfired round fell to the ground. Law enforcement would later find that unfired round. I would like to know why someone would find it necessary to shoot a lifeless body. Was there some rage behind of all of this that no one knows about? After they were done disposing of Justin's body, Myers seemed to still want more. Myers had suggested that they go back to Waynesville, Ohio. They could kill Mark, Justin's stepdad. They could make it look like Mark killed Justin and then took off. This to me sounds a little like bloodlust. He got a little taste of blood. Murder. Thought they were going to get away with it. And Myers wanted more. They decided not to go back to Waynesville. They drove 20 minutes northeast to a city called Brookville. They stopped at a park in Brookville. They found a dumpster. They disposed of Justin's laptop and a dumpster. Then they drove 10 minutes east to the city of Inglewood, which is next to Clayton, Ohio. While they were in Inglewood, they bought a crowbar. It was time to go back to Mosley's and crack the safe. It was time for them to get that $20,000. Once they were back at Mosley's house, they were successful with opening the safe. But there was no $20,000. They found some loose change, ammo, paperwork, some gun accessories, and a few other things. What made Myers think that there would be $20,000 in that safe? They took some items out of the safe that they thought that they could sell. They went outside to the back of Mosley's house. They burned paperwork, bags of evidence, and bloody clothes in a fire pit. Myers and Mosley loaded up what they thought were valuable and the safe into Mosley's car. They then drove to Logan's house. Logan let Myers and Mosley store the stuff that they had took from Justin at Logan's house. Then they took about a 20-minute drive from Tip City, which is north of Dayton, Ohio. While they were in Tip City, they threw the safe in the river. I'm starting to wonder what all Logan did know about this savage robbery and murder. After going to Tip City, Myers and Mosley had gone back to Mosley's house. Sometime on January 29th, Logan had come over to Mosley's house. Then Clayton Police Department spotted this suspicious vehicle. I think this is where I need to talk a little bit about Austin Myers' confession. I've already said that Myers' first interview... Myers did not know anything about the home invasion or what happened to Justin Beck. Myers' story changed in his second interview. Myers said that he had been in there when Mosley stabbed Justin. But Myers said that he didn't know anything about it. It wasn't planned. Myers said that he only planned to hang out with Justin. That was it. Myers denied shooting Justin's lifeless body. The detective would interview Myers again. Parts of Myers' story changed again. Myers admitted to shooting Justin's lifeless body. He admitted to knowing that the steel cable and the metal cleats were bought to assemble a choke wire. Myers denied what Mosley had said about Myers holding back Justin with a choke wire. Basically, it comes down to whose story does law enforcement want to believe. Where does the evidence point? How much evidence could be left? Evidence was burned? Had ammonia poured onto it? Put into a dumpster and thrown into a river? I could be wrong for saying this. Sometimes I believe law enforcement believes the first one who takes a plea deal. first one who takes a plea deal isn't always honest or gives the whole complete story. In this case, Timothy Mosley, the first one to use the choke wire, the one who stabbed Justin back to death, takes a plea deal and receives a license. A part of Mosley's plea deal, Mosley had to testify against Myers at Myers' trial. Mosley helped lead law enforcement to different pieces of evidence. Law enforcement had found the notebook in which Myers and Mosley had written down parts of their plan prosecutor had the choke wire that was used. They also had video evidence of Myers and Mosley going into the stores to buy the things that they needed. The evidence against Myers was overwhelming. Myers was convicted of aggravated murder, aggravated robbery, abuse of a corpse, and a few more other charges. Mosley was convicted of the same exact charges. Mosley's lawyers said that if it wasn't for Myers, Mosley would have never done something like that. I watched a video of Mosley's court testimony. I have to say, I did not see or hear any kind of remorse in Mosley. I also watched a video of Myers pleading for his life as the jury would decide his fate. I did not see or hear any real remorse in Myers. So this opens up the question, what would have happened if they were not arrested? Myers was sentenced to death and became the youngest person to sit on Ohio's death row at the age of 19. I have to admit that I don't always agree with the death penalty. In a case like this, a harsh punishment needs to be handed down. But should they have both gotten the same punishment... I do have a problem with a death sentence being handed down to a 19-year-old. Going inside of any prison at that young of an age is like walking into hell on earth. Every minute of Austin Myers' adult life will be behind bars. Austin Myers is 26 years old now and has less than a year to live. Myers is scheduled for execution in July 2022. Now, after all this, I ask myself, do I still think a death sentence might be too much for a 19-year-old, given what happened? I would still have to say yes. What happened to Justin back was horrible. Justin was killed over a safe that didn't even belong to him. Justin should have never died. I just think a life sentence would have been punishment enough for a 19-year-old. I know that there are people out there who disagree with me. There are people who want the death penalty to be carried out on Austin Myers. All of this received national attention. Some people did not agree with the difference in punishments for Myers and Mosley. Justin's back parents wanted to do something to help prevent senseless murders. The House of Lawmakers passed a new law this new law was called justin's law justin's law was named after justin back this law would increase punishment for murderers so let's say someone gets a life sentence and they have a chance at parole let's say after 20 to 30 years under this new law justin's law a person wouldn't be up for parole till let's say 25 to 30 years and so on A person will have to serve more of their sentence before they could get paroled. This new law would increase the punishment for premeditated murder. It would also increase punishment for children younger than 18 who commit murder, but keep the death penalty off the table. I think it is a good thing that there is an increase in punishment for murderers, but I don't believe it's going to stop the problem. At the time this new law was coming out Ohio Public Defender's Office was opposed to stricter sentences the United States Sentencing Commission defines a life sentence as 39 years you might be wondering what would cause the death penalty to be considered in a murder case the death penalty is an option for things like murder during a robbery, burglary, kidnapping, or rape, assassinations and murder for hire, but not premeditated murder. I might be wrong for saying this, but I think the state should consider not giving any death penalty to anyone under the age of 21 years old. Now, I come across an article. This article is basically just talking about their pen pal, and this person's pen pal is Austin Myers. It has always been a common thing for death row inmates, to have pen pals. I was surprised to come across something like this though. I bring up Austin Myers pen pal blogger article because I believe it could possibly give a perspective of a possible mindset Myers could have while sitting on death row. This article was written by Abigail Moss and was published in February of 2016. In this, Abigail writes that Myers seems intelligent and has a very neat handwriting. They talked about family and friends, the general stuff that happens in life. They talk about the theory of space and the physiological implications of fear. Then most of the time they just talk about their favorite bands. Myers signs his letters with peace or the words live life. If anyone would like to check out this article, I will have a link for it in the episode description. There's a lot more to the article than what I have talked about. If you are wondering, the physiological implication of fear is basically just the basic theories behind what causes fear and why we feel it. I checked out some of the comments that were left on Abigail's article. There aren't many. There are some hateful ones from people who disagree with the article first comment I read though caught my attention. The writer of the comment uses a screen name MY OPINION in all caps. This person claims to have known Austin. The person wrote that Austin's mom was a sweet lady and that Austin was a good kid growing up. They grew up in a small town, a very trusting community. While I'm on the subject of people's comments, I would say that most of the comments I have seen about Myers are from people who think Myers got what he deserved. Whenever a life sentence or death sentence is handed down there will always be court appeals. By law it is the convicted person's right to do so. It didn't take long for Myers' lawyer to file an appeal. In November 2014, 11 months after the murder, Ohio Supreme Court put a state on the execution of Austin Myers. Basically what this means is that the state's highest court ruled that no date could be set while Miles' court appeal was pending. This made me wonder how soon could a person be executed after they were sentenced to death. I found something that said it could take up to 16 years for a death row inmate to be put to death. If a convicted person doesn't appeal the sentence at all, it could happen as quick as 6 months. It is about how long an inmate wants to fight for their life. In May of 2018, Ohio's highest court voted to uphold the death sentence that was given to Myers. Myers argued that he had never touched a murder weapon, the knife, among 16 other issues. The prosecutor argued that Myers targeted his friend and restrained his friend while he was being stabbed. The prosecutor said that Timothy Mosley was just Austin's weapon of choice. One of the arguments for the appeal was that Timothy Mosley, the one who stabbed Justin back 21 times, had only gotten a life sentence. Another argument was that Mosley admitted that Myers did not know that Mosley had the pocket knife on him. It wasn't part of the plan. The Supreme Court justices wrote that things might not have gone as planned, but they were planned. Prosecutors said that Mosley earned his plea deal. Mosley chose to cooperate early on. Mosley gave evidence that upheld his story of what happened. And I will say this, that the prosecutor and others have admitted that if Mosley would have never testified against Myers, Myers probably wouldn't be sitting on death row right now. Now we are in the year of 2021. In April of 2021, myers Lawyers files another appeal on Myers' behalf to appeal his death sentence. In July of 2021, myers Lawyers filed for a motion to continue the stay of Myers' execution till all of his appeals have been exhausted. The courts have granted the continuous stay of the execution. So this means that even though Myers has an execution date in July of 2022, If his appeals last longer than that, then he cannot be executed in July of 2022. There was also a ruling allowing Myers to present new evidence in his appeal case. If you remember what I said before, it can take up to 16 years for a death row inmate to face execution because of their court appeals. This is 2021, so it has been 7 years since Myers was sentenced to death. In 2022, it will be eight years, so Myers still could have a few years left. If he wins an appeal, he could spend the rest of his life in prison. Myers is 26 years old now. If he loses whatever appeals that he has left, then he only has till they run out. Austin Myers is sitting on death row in Chillicothe Correctional Institution, the same death row where Willie Flip Williams From episode one of Murders in Ohio set until 2015 till Williams was taken to Lucasville to be executed. 2015 would be about the time Myers would be making his way to death row. Imagine yourself being 19 years old and sitting on death row with somebody like Willie Williams. If you don't remember Willie Williams or you didn't listen to the episode, go back to the very first episode of this podcast and check it out. Another person sitting on death row that I've talked about is Aaron Lawson. Basically, any male who is sentenced to death in Ohio is going to be at Chillicothe on death row till that final day when they are taken to Lucasville to be put to death. Timothy Mosley is 27 now. He is serving his life sentence in Ross Correctional Institution. Mosley has balked up a little bit and is sporting a new big neck tattoo that wasn't there during his trial. Mosley has no chance of parole. In 2015, Mosley tried to appeal his aggravated murder charge. He said he was unsure about what he would plead guilty to at the time. The court denied Mosley's appeal. Myers and Mosley are now practically neighbors. Myers is at Chillicothe Correctional Institution. Mosley is at Ross Correctional. The two prisons are directly across the street from one another in Chillicothe. Mark Gates now works at Lois Department Store. Sandy still lives in the same house on Corwin Road in Waynesville. She says Justin's spirit fills the house and she talks to him daily. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Murderers in Ohio. This podcast and music was written by William Swofford.